Welcome to Explore Radio. I'm Jeff St. Clair. Nearly one million Americans will have hip or knee replacement surgery this year. It's one of the fastest growing procedures in medicine. For most people, the implants function just fine. But sometimes that artificial knee or hip needs taken out. And in this week's Explore Radio, we meet two Cleveland researchers investigating what those discarded devices can tell us. Each year, orthopedic surgeon Matthew Cray implants around 400 artificial hips and knees in his patients at university hospitals. And each year, for one reason or another, around 150 implants are taken out of people. Those parts end up here in his lab. Here's some devices that we've taken yeah, out. this is so cool. You know, a couple knee replacements with the bone cement still attached. Spread before us are metal knee joints caked with the bone-like glue, plastic hip sockets, and dagger-shaped metal inserts. In another part of the lab, Cray opens a bin filled with more used parts. So there's all the implants. They're all cataloged. Everyone's in a bag. He has thousands more stored on shelves and in super-cold freezers. It's more than 20 years worth of discarded artificial hips and knees. I mean, I started this when I was a resident, but it's just grown and grown and grown. Cray is a surgeon. He also has a degree in mechanical engineering. And sometimes he's a medical device detective. Any implant can fail, but when he sees two or three similar cases, Cray says it's time to start digging. We don't know what's going on until we start to see patterns. Patterns that can be revealed by examining devices in Cray's archive. For example, some artificial hips are being removed because of corrosion of the metal stem that holds the ball part of the ball and socket joint. What I am doing now is I'm going back, I'm pulling all of my cases, and we're going to go back and see, well, how many of those have I had? And is there this distribution that happened 8, 10 years ago, which maybe says, well, maybe there was a change in the metallurgy. Metal corrosion in the body is a bad thing. The FDA in 2012 recommended that doctors stop using metal-on-metal metal hip devices because tiny bits of metal were wearing off, poisoning surrounding tissue. That's led to more reliance on another key component of artificial hips and knees, plastic. Our labs are a mix of what you would expect as a standard mechanical engineering type lab where we have... It's a workshop. It's a workshop where we have bandsaws, and we have drill presses. Claire Rimnack is an engineering professor at Case Western Reserve University and a longtime collaborator with Dr. Cray. She uses the machines in her lab to test the used plastic parts that Cray pulls out of patients. And when we test specimens like that, we test it on this bad boy, a servo hydraulic test system that allows us to pull and compress and twist and we could pull and compress and twist, you know, more or less at the same time. Back in her office, Rimnak opens a plastic bag. She shows me a used hip joint taken out of a patient. This is also an older design. It's a good example of the kind of wear that you can get with the plastic if you just run your finger along there. Do you feel oh, that, those yeah. ridges? Deep grooves inside an artificial hip socket, obviously not a good thing. Rimnak says manufacturers altered the plastic formulation to avoid this kind of wear, but those changes made it more brittle. This is a quintessential engineering conundrum. You make one modification to improve one of your design considerations, durability and wear, and you make another one of your design considerations, fracture resistance, um, less good. 
Some device makers responded by making the plastic thicker to prevent cracking, but that means less room for the hip socket and a greater chance of dislocations. For orthopedic surgeon Matthew Cray, there is a continual interplay of providing his patients with the best technology and making sure that technology won't cause problems down the road. You know, every couple of years we find a problem that shouldn't be there, you know, and is it related to a subtle change in the design, subtle change in the materials, things like that. Ideally, Cray says, an implant should last a lifetime. We're not there yet. But he says new devices are likely to last 20 years or more. The implant archive he and Claire Remnack created is now part of a 15-member national consortium of discarded devices. Cray says that's important because the way forward often means taking a hard look back. I'm Jeff St. Clair with this week's Explore Radio.